Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. The word of God for our meditation is recorded in Psalm 32, a psalm of David, a contemplation. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, in whose spirit there is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. I acknowledge my sin to you, and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Fellow Redeemed Whenever scandals and cover-ups are reported on the news, it doesn't take long for comparisons to be made to Watergate. It seems as though every scandal gets called a gate, from Travelgate to Pizzagate. Commenting on his role in the Watergate scandal, former presidential aide Jeb Stuart Magruder said, We had conned ourselves into thinking we weren't doing anything really wrong, and by the time we were doing things that were illegal, we had lost control. 
we had gone from poor ethical behavior into illegal activities without even realizing it. Our conscience will quickly be dulled if we must constantly try to justify our own actions. The effort of government and business to cover up wrongdoing is nothing new. Ever since the fall into sin, people have tried to cover up sin or misdirect attention by transferring the blame elsewhere. In the Garden of Eden, Adam blamed Eve for his disobedience, and Eve blamed the serpent. Judas Iscariot covered up not only his thefts from the disciples' treasury, but he also disguised the intent of betrayal by asking in the upper room, Surely not I, Rabbi. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he tried to conceal his betrayal against Jesus by uh, greeting him as his rabbi and kissing him. This cover-up of sin doesn't work. The writer of Proverbs explains, he who conceals his sins does not prosper. In the examples I mentioned, the attempts to cover up sin were all in vain. The Watergate scandal was exposed with the consequences for those involved, ranging from imprisonment to resignation. Adam and Eve's sin resulted not only in their being expelled from the Garden of Eden, but all mankind being subject to sin and death. Judas Iscariot in his despair saw himself beyond God's forgiveness and committed suicide. What then is the right way to deal with our sins? The proverb continues, whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Not the cover-up of sin, but the open acknowledgement of it in repentance and faith opens us to God's forgiveness. Our text today declares, blessed is he whose sins are covered. Unlike merely human ways of dealing with sin, this is not a mere cover-up. Rather, God's forgiveness provides full coverage. First, this is not a mere cover-up. Psalm 32 was written by King David after he had been restored to God's grace, a little more than a year after his adulterous affair with Bathsheba and subsequent murder of Uriah. For a whole year, he was conscious of his sin, but refused to acknowledge it. During those months, David attempted various forms of cover-up. In this psalm, he first mentions deceit. Deceit is covering up sin by lying and trickery. David practiced deception, first by sending a note by Uriah's own hand requesting that he be put on the front lines during a battle. In this way, David was directly involved in Uriah's murder, but his involvement was covert. The second form of cover-up practiced by David was silence. He refused to confess his adulterous affair with Bathsheba. What are the effects of trying to cover up sin? David recalls, when I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day long. He felt as though he was wasting away, withering like a flower during a time of drought. As long as sin is covered up, it devours the very marrow of our bones and robs our lives of all joy. 
David writes of groaning all day long. When he refused to confess his sin, he was restless and unhappy. Though he experienced guilt, he was not yet brought to repent and confess it. The howling, whining voice of his conscience drove him to despair. This is what happens when we will not unburden our consciences by penitent confession. We feel the wrath of God resting upon us, giving us a foretaste of the terrible punishment awaiting unbelievers in hell. In spite of our efforts to cover up our sins, God's law will expose us. David continues, for day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. God's heavy hand pictures God's law. The law presses the weight of sin upon our hearts, since the wages of sin is death. Under the heavy hand of God's law, we sinners feel pressed toward death. The heavy hand of God's law insistently, day and night, exposes our sins to us, rips away all false coverings, and lays open the ugliness of evil. By the law is the knowledge of sin. Remember the short story, The Telltale Heart, by Edgar Allan Poe? The murderer, after going to bed that evening, couldn't sleep because he kept hearing the heart of the victim as it pounded in his chest. He re didn't really hear the victim's heart. He heard his own heart, and it kept him awake at night. The guilt of his condition finally revealed, led to his revealing that he was the murderer. That is the power of a guilty conscience. This is what David experienced and what is experienced by all who try to cover up their sins rather than confessing them to God. With our sins exposed, we feel like we've gone on to the hot noonday sun without sunscreen. Our skin burns and blisters. Our souls are parched in need of the water of life. One of the first symptoms of guilt in our first parents was blushing at their own nakedness. Adam and Eve made a false covering for themselves out of fig uh, leaves, but this was only a mere cover-up. When God saw this, he provided them with the true covering made of coats of animal skin. God's covering of Adam and Eve's guilt and shame involved the shedding of blood. And as the writer to the Hebrews tells us, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Just as the Israelites painted blood on their doorposts the first Easter, so our sins are painted over and covered up forever by the blood of Christ, just as the Lord caused the destroyer to pass over those houses whose doorposts were covered with sacrificial blood, though the, so the wrath of God will pass over those of us who are covered by Christ's blood. Blessed is he whose sin is covered, covered by the robe of Christ's righteousness by faith. God's forgiveness provides as full coverage. The turning point of our text is when David no longer tries to cover up his sin, but uncovers it in confession. The ESV translates verse 5 in this way, 
I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover my iniquity. He acknowledges the guilt which he had brought upon himself by his transgression, by crossing over the line of God's commandments. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. One who is truly repentant longs for forgiveness and receives that forgiveness, won by Christ for all people with a believing heart. Confession and absolution go together. As soon as the first evidences of repentance sorrow are present in the heart, forgiveness of sins is immediately dispensed by the Lord. Before you have expressed it, he answers. Before you can say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, he says, I have taken away your sin. You shall not die. God immediately pronounces forgiveness. God takes the sin lifts it out of David's heart, covers it forever with his mercy, and counts David as righteous and upright. Having been forgiven, David describes the joy of the restored relationship with God. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. Notice that the sin is forgiven. The conscience is not soothed by saying you're not all bad. Everybody's doing it. The sin is not condoned but taken away. The transgressions are lifted away. The word lifted implies a lifter. God's grace is a great stain lifter. His hand reaching down and pulling uh, out the dark, ugly stuff within our souls, leaving us light and clean. By the pardon of sin, we are eased of a burden, a heavy burden, like a load on our back that makes us stoop or a load on the stomach that makes us sink. The remission of sins gives rest and relief to those who are weary and heavy laden. The debt and burden of our sins is no longer counted against us, but placed on Christ. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. The psalmist David describes the joyful experience of being found debt-free in Christ. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity. Confession and absolution are the route to a secure and joyful relationship with God. God is more ready to pardon our sin than we are to, re are to repent in order to obtain pardon. David urges us to learn from his own experience and follow his same route of confessing our sins and receiving God's forgiveness. And as he says, for this cause, everyone who is guilt godly shall pray to you in a time when you may be found. When are we to do this? In the words of Isaiah, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. God's covering for sin is readily available. We may confess our sins to God any time at any place in prayer, for he has promised to hear us when we pray in Jesus' name. Jesus has taught us to pray in the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. In this a petition we confess all our sins, even those we're not aware of. 
Each Sunday morning, we have the opportunity to confess our sins in the general confession and to hear our God, God declare his forgiveness to us through the voice of his called servant. God has provided us with pastors and fellow Christians to whom we may privately confess the sins that particularly trouble us. Though we are surrounded by temptation, trial, and danger, and the plots of the devil, the world, and our flesh, God will protect us against these dangerous enemies. Our greatest security is found in God's forgiveness in Christ, which restores our relationship to him. God will provide our coverage as we take cover in God's word and seek, seek refuge in Jesus' wounds. As the psalmist concludes, surely in a flood of great waters, they shall not come near him. You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered, indeed not covered up by deceit, but fully covered by the forgiveness Jesus has earned. If you are haunted by past sins, confess them and know that God has dealt with them by covering them with the forgiving blood of Jesus Christ. Though each of us was conceived in sin and brought forth in iniquity, in holy baptism our sins were washed away and were covered by Jesus' righteousness. Jesus' wounds are our hiding place, where we are surrounded by God's unfailing love under the cover of Jesus' atonement. Even after holy baptism, we are both saints and sinners at the same time. We still need to come regularly to God for cleansing and forgiveness. Satan, who has marked his prey, is plotting to deceive us. He would like nothing more than to lead us into false belief, despair, and other great and shameful sins. He would like us to think that we're beyond forgiveness and to forget the hiding place where we belong. For a time, perhaps, we keep silent and do not uncover our sins before God. We find all kinds of false coverings for sin. God grant that we cast aside these false coverings for our sins and say along with David, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and he will forgive the guilt of our sin, and we will rejoice and be glad. Amen. Let us pray. Lord God, you desired to keep from us your wrath, and so did not spare your holy servant, Jesus Christ, who is wounded for our sins. We are your prodigal children, but we come back to you confessing our sins. Embrace us so that we may rejoice in your mercy together with your beloved son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Blessed is he whose sins are forgiven. Blessed is he whose sins are no more. Blessed